0: Okay, so I guess this is episode one of the Full Boost podcast.
1: Yeah, welcome. It's been a while, hey George. You yeah. and I've been talking about this for about six months. Easy six months, for at sure. least six months. Yeah, it's been a while. But um, actually, we probably should introduce ourselves.
0: That's true. You are uh, Luke from Full Boost, and I'm George from ProFlow Fab and Dyno. Yeah, that's it. So that's us. I guess we we've come together as a um, as a basic team. Well, I'm sure we will expand. Shortly in the near future, but yeah, got to start somewhere. We're going to start somewhere, so I thought you know we'll get together. Um, We've been talking about it for a while. We're sort of, you could probably say we're politically um, aligned. Yeah, me, we we sort of have similar views. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean we don't want to, we don't want, we don't want the podcast to take too much of a a political view, but at the same time, I guess the 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 main um, criteria for the podcast was pretty much to give uh, drag races motorsport in general a um a voice really yeah yeah i think that's 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 the goal
1: and i think people such as ourselves we take it for granted sort of
0: being in the media as such
1: well we also get to see a lot of things that a lot of people don't yeah yeah yeah. and i think it'd be nice
0: to share some of that yeah yeah i agree yeah that's fair enough but yeah no it'd be good to um no, we'll get, we'll get some um, we'll get some uh, some guests in as well we'll try to you know get a guest in every week or whenever we do the podcast really and um, take it on a technical term as well yeah yeah We'll, absolutely. Ta- we'll take we'll, we'll do some technical stuff do some tech talk and um, discuss some new products you you're in you're in the business a bit of, of um, dealing with certain manufacturers and companies and bringing out new products and such so it, it, yeah it, it can it can be a good thing I guess. yeah i
1: think between us we know quite a few people we can know. <laughs> yeah. we've
0: we been doing it for quite a bit it's all <laughs> get on here for a chat <laughs> i was actually thinking i was actually reminding myself of back in the days when when full boost was was in its early days and you know we'd go to calder and and then we'd jump on full boost and You'd have to wait for like half an hour for it for each each yeah. photo to download, and yeah. you'd get halfway through, and then your internet connection would cut out or something. People used to
1: say, "Oh, they take so long to download." And yeah. I said, "Well, try uploading them." <laughs> I had a fourteen point four k modem. That's gold. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. But now, look, I, I guess. Well, you started really early, early two thousands, or actually no, early nineties.
1: No, well, no, in I remember in ninety, I graduated in ninety four, so that'll give you an idea of how old i am that's right i was in
0: 98 so and not too far
1: <laughs> in 96 my mother gave me her email address and i said what is email <laughs> that's gold that is awesome and then um well my first car was actually a holden commodore wow i can't imagine you in the commodore no, no, no. <laughs> it's been a while since i've driven i've, I've owned a couple but i haven't okay. driven one for a while oh, there you go. um and then a friend of mine I was working with. Yeah. He had a Nissan Exa Turbo. Oh wow! Remember them? N12 yeah, yeah, like the N12 Pulsar. Yeah, yeah. One point four. And he way took way me for it. this thing was standard. Yeah. Mind you, he took me for a drive, and I was like, "Wow, feel that torque rush!" <laughs> <laughs> Front wheel drive as well. Front wheel drive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I sold the Commodore, and actually wanted to get a a VL Turbo. Okay. Yeah. And back then, in ninety, this was about ninety. This would have been about ninety-seven. Yeah. They were a bit over twenty grand for a standard wow. one, but that's twenty thousand dollars back then. Back then too, back yeah, then. yeah. So that was at least double. Yeah, wow. Um, so I settled on a Cordia Turbo, oh. mix of bishy. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of young are, guys today wouldn't know what that is, no, but back in the day, they were unreal. You'd take out a VNSS. Yeah,
0: they yeah. were gold, mate. They were a good little unit.
1: Um, but you didn't have people today. You've got so much choice now, not just with parts and yeah. the internet, but with cars. Like back then. There wasn't many turbo cars, sort of, you could choose from. It was a, the the Nissan Exa or Pulsar.
0: I guess, I guess, because the, the 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 turbo stuff was was still in its in its early days. Absolutely, and um, a
1: lot of mechanics didn't want to know about
0: it. Yeah, and and I mean, take intercooling. Yeah, for for, for you know, yeah. as as a subject, because y- you think about it. Um, when all the turbo cars started coming out back then in late '80s, early '90s, there was no intercooling. No, they were no. using the, the the heat soaks or the, the what's it called yeah. the um the fins on the intake as a as a heat dispenser. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. And
1: all the engines were like seven to one.
0: Yeah, you low. Com- I mean, we had no fuel either yeah. too. I mean, yeah. what was the best? We didn't even have '98 back then. Yeah, we had leaded steel fuel. That was kill. Everything ran mega rich too. Yeah exactly because there was no tuning yeah, there no was tuning. there was no but in saying that there was see, I'll, I'll probably want to spend some time on a on a future episode talking about how much more engines there were available for yes. conversions back true, then true. that was a big difference too you know so it's probably a subject i'll I'll save for another episode yeah i think so i think that'll be a good one because i mean that brings back a lot of memories because you know you'd open up I remember the Zoom magazines back in the day, and there was like how many how many ads for all the importers, the importers that had all the engines sitting there on the on the workshop. And floor. like there was about
1: fifteen different, twenty to four cylinders available. That's it, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Six cylinder turbos, twin turbo stuff. There was heaps of stuff, and and now it's you know there's, there's a range of three or four engines <laughs> <laughs> that everyone uses, you know. So it's um, so yeah, continue. So you so what back then when was that late nineties.
1: That was 97 mm. and that's sort of when I got introduced to the internet. Mm. So, I sent- I found it, a website. I can't remember what it was called to be honest, but they had some turbo cars on there. and you, you had to pay this guy like $15 <laughs> and you sent him a 6x4 a print of your car in mm. the mail. Mm. You had to post it to him. That's cool. And then he must have scanned it and uploaded it to a website. website and it took forever. I mm. sent it to him and maybe three or four months later, wow. He finally put it up and half the information was wrong. <laughs> it's not like he can just go and fix it. So, I thought, I'll, you know, I'll just do my own page. So, I yeah. think I just did a, not MySpace, but yeah, something yeah. like that back then. Wow. And then um, a friend, a mutual friend of ours was into IT. So, he had a bit more of a background than I did. So, he, uh, along with my brother and I and himself, I'll give him a plug. His name was Dave. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we created a website called boost.com. Okay. The AU. Okay. So, that all went pretty good. Now, the, the Cordia, yeah, I modified that a bit and took it to Calder. It ran a 1520 from memory. Probably with like a 2.360
0: foot or something. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: sort of I got a 2.21 out of it. There you go. Which yeah. was pretty damn good <laughs> yeah, out, of, <laughs> out of a front-wheel drive. <laughs> it's about
0: <laughs> <a> <laughs> right for a front <laughs> drive, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, now, I remember you were talking about parts before. hmm I walked into AVO mm-hmm. and bought. Now, you couldn't just buy an eBay intercooler kit. No. I bought in '98, I think it was. I paid $1,500 back then mm-hmm. just for the intercooler off their MX5 kit. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I took it to a place in. Um, where was it? Mulgrave. And they fitted it up. Now, they had a background in rallying these mm-hmm. Mitsubishi cars, so they knew a bit about them. I'm trying to think who that would have been. It was uh, DMA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Never. Anyway. Never heard of that. I'm not sure if they're still around. But yeah. Yeah. Things back then were were quite hard. Mm. I took the car to an exhaust shop mm. and said, "I want a two and a half inch exhaust." On it, right. <laughs> <laughs> These guys were laughing at me, mm. mate. It's a four cylinder. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. I, so I drove out of there with a press bent two inch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I laughed because I caught the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And I thought,
1: this car doesn't go, it's, I can't feel one bit of yeah. difference. Let's <laughs> <That's best. laughs> yeah. oh, cool. And at the time, it had a block cat. So oh, I said, wow. I need a cat. So the exhaust shop, this is why I went there originally, they said, oh, it's going to cost like $1,300 from Mitsubishi for the cat. Wow. Because it sits up against the turbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said to them, why can't you just get a cat off another car and put it under the car? Yeah
0: and then they thought the, oh my god the yeah. light bulbs just went
1: off <laughs> no one thought outside the square back yeah, then
0: yeah no you can't it was yeah, late 90s man what do you expect yeah but that's see I find that strange because um, the, the, the V8 guys were still doing their stuff back then too you know yeah. and they were still doing you know three inch exhausts and mandrel bend was like a that was a special word back in the yes. day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you used to emphasise the mandrel-bent exhaust, you know? Whereas nowadays, it's, if someone knocks up a press-bent, it's, it's a joke, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know what? It goes to show, I guess, how far behind, I guess, the guys were in that regard, really. So it took, like, AVO was probably the only guys that, at the time that I remember anyway in the area, because um, I'm, I'm from the southeast, so they they were the only guys that pretty much started early days pushing the turbo stuff you know yeah absolutely terry and and the kids you know so um yeah i mean that it's a um yeah it's a it's a it's funny how we've evolved i guess what was your first um car oh geez here we go he's gonna bring the the jokes out? but now look i i was always a v8 guy from when i say v8 i mean you know always loved the brocky stuff you know growing up and you know going through school in the mid 90s it was all you know uh vks vhs with you know your 308s 355s it was all that sort of stuff right and um i grew up with that you know i grew up with with um all the all the um pictures on the on my school books and in my room and all that sort of stuff all, the, you know, straight you, all that you know street commodores all that i remember stuff. buying i used to buy every episode of tarana power i never i never i know i was never into the taranas yes. i'll give you that i was never into the torres i was only mainly commodores really um and yeah grew up you know the boys we went to school with they were all the same and um and then for some reason when i was about 17 and a half i was in year 12 and it was a big car yard down the road from school and I don't know why, man, but I just fell in love with this little Suzuki Swift GDI. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw it. It was black. It had about 40,000 Ks on it. It was a 96 model. It was just gorgeous, man. I'm like, oh, that could be cool. And then at the same time, I started getting into the Hot 4 stuff too, you know, the Hot 4s and Fast 4s and rotary mags and all your Zoom magazines. Because I was into the Zoom side of things too because that was a little bit more technical. Yes, they um, were. They were all pushing the four-cylinder turbo stuff too, you know. So I sort of eventuated that way a little bit, so I bought the Swift. Um, I got that, I probably kept it stock for about know, a couple of months. Um, put some wheels on it, lowered it, put an exhaust on it. Um, and then I had, it was actually funny, I had a, um, a chance meeting with now a good friend of mine, but this is, is funny how we met. So we, we, we'd organized, or well, there was an organized bit of a street meet, you know, a couple of hotties were coming out, and we met up at a survey, And I pull up sort of bumper to bumper, face to face with this other Swift GDI. And this thing was like stock, hubcaps, standard ride height, obligatory bird shit all over it. Like it was rubbish, right? Like this thing was like, and mine's all, you know, slammed, polished wheels. Mine looked like a Lebo part, you know, like it was gold, right? So the two are polar opposites, right? Right next to each other. And um, anyway... We had a chat with the boys, and everyone was heading off to another meet point, whatever. So we jump in the car and I start cruising next to this little Swift. And you couldn't hear anything, it was nothing special. And we get at the lights, and um, as we're rolling up to the lights, the lights turn green. Um, so I take off, and this Swift takes off next to me, he's gone, right? And my mate's like, Come on, George, catch up. And I look down. Mate, I'm sitting, on the, I'm sitting on the limiter. Like, yeah. this thing can't go any faster. I can't row through these gears any quicker. And I can't catch this thing to save my life. And I'm like, what the hell just happened, right? So I pull up. I pull up at the next set of lights. I go, dude, jump in the next servo, right? So we're going to the next servo. I said, dude, what the hell is with this thing, right? Anyway, it was – it had a small turbo kit from the boys from ATS. Yes. On the other side of town. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so, I you know, I made a good mate of mine. We're still mates to this day and – because of him, you know, he, he knew what he was sort of doing. In the turbo side of things, he was following the turbo front drive four cylinder. scene quite a bit. And it was quite big back in the days mm. in you know, late nineties. Yeah, they were early two thousands in America.
1: Have, you didn't have any, even in Australia with small cars. You didn't have the imports.
0: No, no, but it hadn't come in yet. Really? No, we didn't. And but the Yanks over there, they had the Hondas. Of course, yes. And they were pushing them like your Stephen Papadakis and stuff like that. You know, they were pushing the, the envelope with the with the front drive stuff. And they were going quick back then. Yeah. like they were running eights. They were, they were jamming H twenty twos in in little Civics, and they were going mm. nuts. You know um and so anyway so you know I, I sort of got my head around that sort of scene a little bit and you know me and my mate louis we were, we were talking about it and anyway so i started buying some parts right um so i bought i bought a turbo um i went to go buy one of Avo's manifolds because they had a little turbo kit to suit the gdi's back in the time um and then we uh we sort of decided oh we'll make it ourselves right so you know Simple set of flanges, a couple of steam pipe bends, um, and we put a little manifold together. We jigged it up. i got a little intercooler off a uh, Supra One G GTE, yes. like slightly bigger from the um, from EKW, the importers. They were a
1: bit of an odd looking intercooler. They, yeah, like a, they look like they looked like an oil
0: cooler. They do like a really big <laughs> yeah. oil cooler. Yeah. And they had like two inch in, inlet and outlets, so that was um, that was interesting. And then I, I basically put this thing together. I took it to the exhaust shop. He done all the cooler plumbing for me. And done a, an exhaust for me, same thing, two and a half press bent, nothing special, or two and a quarter probably even, I think I got. And um, and that's it. I, I, I took it to AVO, we threw it on the dyno. Back then, it made like 100 kilowatts at the wheels, no, no ECU, it was just like five, six pounds of boost. Yeah. And we had fun. Um, and then I advertised the turbo kit because I wanted to step it up a little bit. And same thing again, I put a, I put a turbo off a... Um, of uh, RB twenty or twenty five, yeah, and even the guys at ABA said you're not going to spool this thing up; it's too big. You anyway, know, it worked fine. It was it was fine. Ceramic back wheel and stuff like that. So I thought, oh, well, you know what? I'll sell this kit. I'll build another kit, right? Um, so I put the I advertised the kit on in the trading post at the time, and it sold. And the guy goes, oh, can you fit it too? I said, yeah, no worries. So I ended up fitting this kit, and then a mate of mine who we also met that had a Swift as well. He's like, all right, let's turbocharge mine yeah. as well. And then I done another kit for mine. And you can see where it's going, right? So then all of a sudden, the work—my dad's garage is filling yeah. up with little Suzuki Swifts. How were the gearboxes in those? I remember. Oh, they're, they're like glass. Yeah, made out of glass. They too strong. Yeah, no, nah, we broke them all the time, and we were even ripping them out, pulling diff centers out of them, changing gears. We we're doing everything, right? We were doing a heap of stuff to those, and. Um, and that's how much I learned. And it, funnily enough, they were pretty inexpensive, right? The parts were inexpensive. Um, they were easy to come by. Everything was smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Being a little 1.3 yeah. cylinder engine, everything was smaller, but it was a great foundation to learn on, yeah. right? And funnily enough, the
1: cars were fairly straightforward back then. Like, yeah, they were. Even yeah. I did a, I'm not mechanically minded, but even I did a few peg gaskets and. Hmm things on the Cordia. Yeah, they, weren't, they weren't hard. Yeah. yeah they weren't yeah. hard. Well, things. also, you're sort of forced to because you don't have the f- no. disposable income when you're exactly. 18, 18 yeah. or 20 generally.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's how we sort of started. After that, like I, I, sold the, I sold the GDI after that, got myself into a VL Turbo as well, Calais. Um, and then I sort of... Trying to make some extra cash buying and selling cars, and I ended up buying a, a black VSS pack, and the rest is history. <laughs> I guess if everyone knows that part of my history, yeah, that's where it all started. And obviously, um yeah, doing all mates' cars and that in me, in my dad's shed and garage and stuff like that. He cracked the shits and he says, "Look, mate, he goes. I need my room back. Go get yourself a factory." and um, yeah we're here today so yeah. 2004 that was so
1: you haven't worked for anyone else no you're a bit like me i haven't yeah. had a full-time job since
0: 99 yeah well i worked for six months i worked for six months in a in a workshop um just a like a mechanical workshop tie joint um for six months before i thought no nah, I'll, I'll just do it on my own yeah so i was working for my dad at the time too at home he was working from home we were doing some stuff at home and then because I had the cars there too, I was working on the cars day and night, and then um, and then I thought, no, nah, I want to sort of expand my horizons a little bit. So we'll we'll, we'll go, we'll jump into a shop, uh, jumped into a workshop for about six months, and then yeah, threw myself into 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 a factory and opened ProFlow Fabrications. Yeah, no yeah. So that's pretty much how how we started. But yeah, it's always that f- your first car, your first car teaches you everything, and I learned so much. Like, I I built this turbo kit for this Swift. You know, we we tacked it together with the arc welder and I took it down to a good mate of mine. He's a good mate of mine now, Pete from Rank Rotary. Um, He he had Rank Rotary at the time, which wasn't too far around the corner from AVO. Um, So he was doing some welding for us and some basic tuning stuff. And, you know, he was helping out a lot. Um, So I was sort of of a, a little bit indebted to him ever so slightly because he gave us the use of his workshop quite a bit yeah and it was the same with um with a lot of my mates that are in the industry now like sticks as well you know he's man we, we all lived there you know what i mean we lived at rank you know so um we um we yeah we were sort of indebted to him i guess but yeah poor guy was trying to run a business and there's you know 18 20 year olds running amok in his workshop so wow. yeah no it was um it was funny because there was nothing back then you know there was there was nothing um there was no you know we didn't have the social media there was no exposure oh and no, it was very it was, hard to it was very hard to get your name information. out there yeah like i remember my first my first my first specials that i was doing um when i first opened up my business was in the trading post yeah i was doing cooler kits for like 1200 bucks you know drive in drive out that's and and intercoolers weren't what they were what they're worth today no they were 3 4 no. times the price you know what i mean so I was lucky if I was making 200 bucks on a cooler kit, which yeah. took me a week to build, you know?
1: Yeah. I remember back in the day for a set of forged pistons, you'd pay two grand yeah. f- for four. <laughs> yeah. Back then. Yeah. Yeah. Con- no. con- con- like, it was very rare that you'd meet someone who actually had a forged bottom end in their car.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah true. Well, the thing was, too, we didn't have the fuels either. I, no. I think that was a big, played a, that played a big part in, in, in power production I think, and tuning ability, too. You know, like, um, what ECUs did we have back then? Wolf 3D had their, like, version 3 yeah, with the hand controller. There was no laptops I'm Looking
1: back on it, like, all those turbo cars from the 80s, e- even if you maybe
0: put a computer on it, no one upgraded the ignition side of it. No. and you, It was always fuel. Yeah. That's why even, like, Haltech at the time, Heltec and... I know Fulf did too, but you know, Haltech offered like your fuel only ECU because yeah. there, no one no one touched the ignition. I learned that I learned that the hard way with um with the Swift because I never I never touched the ignition side of things and I had a I had an ignition map which suited a high compression, naturally aspirated engine in a turbo engine <laughs> and I launched an engine doing that. So um, yeah, you learn you learn very quickly. Um what you can... Yeah, if you knew
1: now, back then, oh, just some basic things, your car would have been twice as fast.
0: I'm almost tempted to buy another Swift just to repeat history. So I want to do what I didn't do back then. <laughs> you know, know what I mean? You want to just get onto it. But um, no, look, it is fun. It was it was interesting. I think that the lack of social media was good for it. I, I think that's right. Yeah. There's
1: so, so much negativity comes with social media.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean... I well, don't
1: remember that growing up, working on cars. No, yeah. Like, I don't remember people... Bagging out your car?
0: Yeah. Well, there, really? no, it really wasn't. No. I mean, we always, and you know what? We we used to hang out with, with a big group of guys, like car guys, you know, it's a big community, always is. Um, but, you know, we used to go out and pretty much every night of the week. Yeah. You know, and that was our social media. That's what it was. And, you know, guys were coming out with stockers, guys were building cars. Um, they'll bring an amount, and you know, you never knew until the car was out, or you hear on the grapevine. That's you know the old school way. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, it was um, it was it were good times. I reckon. Mm. Looking back, I think it's you, you look back on those days, and you're like, it'd be interesting to know what it would be like if you were that age now, how it would be, because you know you. It, this, like we said, it, it, so many things are indispensable now too. You know, engines and parts and stuff so cheap. You know, like I couldn't. When we were looking for stuff back then, you know, I'd have to look in the trading post. It was a newspaper. There was no pictures. There was no questions. There was no, you know, like oh, I had no idea what I was buying. Like, I, oh, there was
1: plenty of times you'd turn up to someone's house. Mm. you know, this is not what you advertise. No. Yeah, dude. You I, just I, walked out. yeah,
0: absolutely. And and that was that was the problem, you know. But it, we made it work. You know, it worked. Um, and and that's that's a good thing. And I think that's what sort of gives you a little bit of strength and, you know, um, ability to think outside the square growing up in those days. You know what I mean? Because you didn't have even the knowledge that, yeah. that the internet provides you. You know what I mean? Like if I had a drama with, with my engine, I, I, I didn't have Google. No. I had nothing of that. Nothing. You know, I didn't have YouTube tutorials to tell me how to put the thing together. You know, we, we pull boxes apart, gearboxes apart, and we are change crowns and pinions and synchros and stuff like that and these little things because they kept on breaking all the time but we had no idea what we were doing we would put the box back in and hoping hell the thing drove you know what i mean And, and it did and that was the best part about it because you you go out on a limb and you give it a crack and you know you've got to be grateful to the guys that that did give you that info back then because any info back then i guess was valuable really yeah yeah um, because you can't, you can't have that now. You know, you, you, now it's just it's everything. I mean, even to this day, I still use stuff. I still Google stuff because you need to know, and it's easy. You know, oh, you but have to. It's the easiest way. It's the easiest way, but there will always come a time where I will revert back to calling someone and asking an opinion or asking. Still need help? Like yeah. you know, I've been yeah. in the industry for you know since '04, so you know, 14 years I've been in the industry, and I'll I'll, I'll admit it. Don't know everything. Oh, absolutely! You're, not. you're learning every single day no. in this industry, and even even if it's your even if it's your hobby, you'll still learn every day.
1: And like you'll look back on something you did three years ago, mm. and the, you'll just pick three things, three four things. Why did oh, I do with that? Why did I do that? Absolutely. But that's a good thing. It is a good
0: thing because it he, it helps you evolve, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it is a good thing. But, but yeah, times have changed, and you know now it's now we don't have a such a vast majority of engines to pick from because no one's really going that way but we do have parts available which makes life easier for certain people
1: yeah it's not as i i don't think it's as interesting as it was when we grew up because like you were saying earlier about zoom magazine and you'd Mm. see the regolis yeah have stuffed some frankenstein engine into some fiat and you go that's unreal you don't see that now
0: you don't see that anymore Who, who who now is still playing with those fiat cylinder heads
1: but you don't I can see why though, because a, it's from a legality, legality point of view, mm. you know things are a lot harder now. But most of these cars, you go and get a Golf R or something and yeah. put a tune and a, you know, downpipe on it. And the thing's a rocket,
0: You're running 11s or tens or whatever. Yeah, so like you, don't, you don't you don't need to do that. No, but I know. That's the problem, and I think I think I think in in the process we've lost we've lost that diversity um, because of the ease. Of availability of, of parts for the popular engines right um, see that's where it was interesting back in the day I remember one of the fastest cars I ever drove or, or helped build for a mate of mine before I opened my shop he bought it a mate of mine from Perth asked me he goes is there any streetcars oh he goes I'm looking at buying a hottie right and um, he goes is there anything around and a mate of mine was bought a car and didn't have the money to or didn't have the time or whatever to to do anything with it and I said oh look there's there's a Celica TA 22 Celica yeah right um I said a mate of mine's got it it's got an FJ20 in it right it's got a Wolf 3D computer in it it's got a manual it's a manual manual behind it and I think it had a, a Borgie diff in a, in a, out of a either a, I think it was a BL diff or something it had something nice in it And I said, look, that's that's going relatively cheap. I can't remember how much you paid for it. It might have been five, six grand. Even back then, that was cheap, right? So it had a T04B turbo on it, right? So I kept the turbo, cleaned it up, polished the covers, blah, 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 built an exhaust manifold for it. Um, I think we put a different intercooler on it at the time, cleaned it up, and we gave it a street tune with Pete at rank. And I remember, man, driving this thing, first, second gear, Mate, it was the fastest thing. I'd, I reckon till this day, the thing still... still, It's got that memory in the back of my yeah. head that it was probably one of the quickest cars. That I mean, don't get me wrong, my car's probably quicker, but yeah. it just felt so in quick. In a small car. In a small a car. Manual gearbox, yeah. Yeah, and you know, like, nowadays, we're, we're, we're going faster, but we're doing it in bigger cars.
1: Oh, I think, like, automatic Commodores and Falcons, for me, if you hop in them, let's say it runs an 11... Fifty. Hmm. It doesn't feel fast. No, no, it doesn't. Even though it is. Yeah, exactly. If you hop in a, like you said before, a GTI
0: Swift running a thirteen, yeah. it actually feels. It feels fast it because yeah. it's it's a smaller package. That's so raw. It is raw, and I think that's that's what we've lost. We've lost yeah. that rawness, I think. And you know, this Salika, that's exactly what it was. It was raw. You know, it was rough. It was noisy. It, but it had balls of torque and heaps of power. And
1: do you remember that white
0: one that you yeah. got to call it? Yeah, more, more the boost. More boosted, the 1G and the 1G GTE. Was it the it? 2 litre? 2, two litre, 6 cylinder? cylinder yeah. Boosted a rev. Yeah. and He um, dropped I, the clutch at like 9,000. Yep, I remember that car. I don't uh, know if he ever ran a 9 in it, did he? I don't know. My mate Louis, actually, who I met through the Swifts, was mates with him. He actually went for a drive in that car and yeah. he, even he said the same thing. Again, he goes, it was probably one of the quickest cars he's ever been in.
1: Manual gearbox. Manual gearbox.
0: Yeah. I think it ran 10 flat or And 10 it was a standard line. engine, too, yeah. 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 1G yeah. GTE, so the, the 2 litre, 6 cylinder um single turbo i think it was and this thing flew yeah more boost yeah that's right. i actually remember i actually remember the zoom article on the car too yeah i actually remember it that that was a pretty cool car that was a mad car but see that's that's the thing we don't have those conversions anymore you know what i mean so you know you're you're the biggest advocate for our the world and that's the only conversion we're seeing a lot of we're still seeing the popular engines mm-hmm. in the Commodores and the Falcons, but people are putting them in other Commodores or they're putting yeah. them in, you in know, Kingswoods or Tiranas. And they're going quick, don't get me wrong, and people are making power. And it's easy to make power because you've got such a bigger engine. But we've lost that rawness of availability and diversity of engines that we can play with. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe they're there, but people just aren't willing to to go there, yes and so no
1: i mean if you want to get an fj where do you get one from you can't well, go that's the
0: thing fjs are yeah they're pretty historic the and just get one no you gotta you gotta go to a to a what's it called to a dig or something where some archaeologists are sweeping sweeping <laughs> dust away looking for bones <laughs> but no look you're yeah,
1: right. all those sorts of engines are that they all fetch money now they do like a lot of people going about how good a 2jz is
0: We'll try find parts for them, though. I know.
1: We'll try, uh, fact, try find factory parts. Factory parts
0: and buy a full engine. It's, yeah, it's, it's they're it's quite hard. expensive. Yeah. I had here someone I had someone here yesterday asking, have you got any 2Js, mate? Because I can't find any. I said, mate, the only 2Js I got here, they're, they're mate stuff. I can't that's And that's it. why you can see people are using Ford Barra engines or LS well, engines because they're relatively cheap. They're cheap and they're disposable. Yeah. Dispensable, you know? So, it, it is there. It and does. you can buy everything for them. You can. And th- that's the thing, you know, like looking at... Um, that's someone that's building something in a garage that really doesn't need the ability of diversity and is happy to, to do that. So be it, man. And and kudos to him. You know what I mean? You respect that.
1: But I find a lot of people online will say, oh, another boring LS swap, for example. Mm. And be like, what have you got in your driveway? Yeah, correct. Yeah, Where's your um, obscure BMW engine that you've put in some yeah, weird yeah, car? Yeah. I mean, people don't do it because it costs money. It does. And it's not so much money. It's... The ability to do it
0: correct like you yeah. said no it's not easy yeah it's not easy um yeah i mean look what do we do you know like diversity in engines isn't available you know well like i said maybe it is maybe that's why see me, me being in the industry i look at i look at what's what's popular and for business can be good do yes. you know what i mean because i mean sometimes i feel like with my own car um you know being ecotech v6 I thought, oh. you know, the original concept of the vehicle was to show what I can do with rubbish, right? An EK Tech V six is, is is a taxi. You engine. like bagging your own? I love bagging it, man. Bagging your own I, car. I, I, I love it. it. You got no idea the love hate relationship we have together, um, but it's true. It's cast iron. It's rubbish. It's a prehistoric engine design that's been touched up for today or well, for for ninety standards. Um, and look, at the end of the day, that was my goal with the car, right? Um, at the start I thought oh you know have I shot myself in the foot because you know it wasn't getting the attention that I wanted or it wasn't it was, look people were probably bagging it out for, for what it was and so be it because it wasn't an LS and it wasn't a barra and it wasn't an RV right um, so be it but that's when obviously we had to turn it up a notch and you know try to get the car to do things that LS's are struggling to do still. You know what I mean? So and that's when, you know, with with your help as well, we started getting a bit of recognition and and you know, words started getting out. And by the end of it, as of today, I can turn around and say, you know what? I probably achieved what I wanted to achieve back then. But then you look at the guys that will turbocharge an LS in a Commodore, go out and run high nines or a low ten, and then they've got a million and one commodores in their in their workshops because everyone wants to be like them yeah so that's where you know i thought i'll try a little bit be a a little bit different in that regard and see if um, see if it would work you know try get people to think well hang on a minute if you can do this with rubbish what can you do with something something good be better yeah <laughs> so that was that was that was the whole
1: you were going to put an ls in one of your commodores for a while weren't you?
0: yeah the vs which i still have um that had a couple of engine, <laughs> engine swaps as i was going along so yeah i started with a. Uh, I i was going to put the Tech in it again and then i jumped to the ls and then i put an alloy tech in it and then jump back to the ls and but the problem is, the car sits around for so long because you don't have time to work on it. And then you just start getting ideas. And you're just like, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll try something different. And then the VT came along, the XU6, that came along. And then. Were you looking for that? Or it just no, came, just no. It's actually out. funny because I, that was a customer's car. I don't know if you remember my one of my I think it was my first or my second dyno day that you came and videotaped. <coughs> we actually we were actually yeah. sitting in the car. We ran it up together.
1: Yeah, I remember, and that was a customer's car. What oh, so was in your car? then? No, it wasn't
0: my car. It was a customer's car. I built it for a customer that came in. It was a supercharged V6, um, and he brought it in. He says, "You know what? I want to spend some money on it. I want it to go quicker. I've, I've done all I can do with a with a factory blower. I want to do one of your turbo kits." And at the time, I was advertising the turbo kits and blah blah blah. So. Um, he brought he brought me the car spent heaps of time on the car we've done everything you know turbo kit Altec, ECUs, boxes converters exhaust we've done everything and because I <coughs> I would hold on to the car for quite a bit to get it a hundred percent I actually grew to you know, like the car you yeah. know a nice trim it was you know it had different trim in it, and it was Smooth and it was nice. And it was a HSV and I'm like oh this this is pretty cool. of those you know? did they sell? Not a lot, I don't think. There wasn't many. Um, there not can't that. be many left. No, actually. there's not. No. Um, but still, they're 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 still cheap. They're not a yeah. they're not a sought after HSV, obviously because who wants a V6? Yeah. And HSV. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, yeah that that came that came to me. He spent some money on it, and then he went MIA. Like I didn't I didn't hear from him for a while. And he sends me a message a little, little while later. He goes, look, I've been driving the car. Um, he goes, I'm thinking about selling it. I said, oh, look, it's a shame. I said, it's such a nice car. He goes, yeah, but if I'm going to sell it, he goes, you're going to buy it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, um, I'm not going to sell it to anyone else but you. I said, why is that? And he's like, because I know you will do what um, what needs to be done to the car to get it, to get it going. Um, and I said to him, I said, oh. I said, yeah, whatever, man. I said, I'm not interested. I said, it's V6. I'm done with them. I was into the LSs at the time because it was sort of, you know, probably late late 2000 and yeah, probably 2010 around there, somewhere there. <clears throat> I said, no, I'm into the LSs, dude. I said, I, I've got no, no interest in the car. I said, I'm done from the V6s because I'd sort of phased out my turbo kit stuff from the V6s. Yeah, it was yeah. dying off a bit and I was trying to get into that LS scene. Anyway, so I let it go. And, um, and then he, um, and then he says, uh, my mate goes to me, he goes, man, you should buy it. It's cheap. He goes, just, just do it. Have a, have a bit of fun. See how you go. And I said- so It was no. still supercharged. No, no, turbo It was, charred. Charred. was still so turbo. Not. Yeah. It was so, so it was all turbo. It was it all was done. It's been- But it was a standard engine. Still it? standard engine. Still yeah. standard L67. Yeah. So, um, and he spent some money on it, you know, like we, we spent some good amount of coin on that car, but you know, I, I sort of wasn't interested. Um, and my goes, dude, you'd be stupid to, to not buy it at that price. I said, look, he wants to sell it to me and only me. I said, I'll just wait and he'll come back and it'll be cheaper. He goes, you can't get it any cheaper than that. So anyway, I, I forgot about the car. 12 months later, almost to the day, he calls me up and he's like, um, he goes, man, he goes, it's yours. Take it, pay me when you want. I'll do it cheaper. <laughs> he goes, I'll do it cheaper, but it's yours. And I thought... You know what? 12 months later, I was probably a little bit, you know, the fact that it was cheaper was probably a bit more enticing. And I thought, you know what? I'll give it a quick little tidy up. I've learned a lot in the last 12 months too with, you know, my fabrication work and tuning and stuff like that. I said, I'll tidy it up. I'll do another set of manifolds. Or, you know, I'll probably tickle it a little bit, maybe race it, and then I'll flip it. I said, I'll make quick cash. That's that's all the goal was for that car, and it started. So... Um, So I made the manifolds and it still had a 3582 on it, like just a standard cast wheel thing. So I had that on there and had the four speed and, you know, pushed the... Did
1: it always have an aftermarket computer on it? Yeah, pretty much
0: the moment it came in, I put a helltech on it. Yeah, And it had a Sprint 500. It had a basic bearers, knuckles, nothing, you know what I mean? Um, But I made it work. We pushed a little bit harder with the... um, Pushed a little bit harder with the injector sizing and because of that that ecu couldn't handle the drivers couldn't handle the bigger injectors i was always you know because because they only have four four injector outputs and i was trying to run six i was grouping two together so i was i was limited to how much injector i could put and anyway so i kept on pushing it i took the car to Heathkit. i think you've done a video on it back then on 15 pounds of boost the car went 1080
1: yeah, I do remember Remember that? that? Yeah, yeah, it went
0: 1080 at like 120-something mile an hour. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I
1: remember at the time you said, oh, I'm going to sell this. Yeah, 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 I
0: was. That was the goal. It was race it, sell it, no worries. And then on the way back home, me and a good mate of mine were talking about it. And we're like, let's do the math. Like That car's just gone 1080 with 15 pounds of boost, full weight, full trim, full exhaust. How much faster can this thing go with... With boost, you know, let's let's see how far we can go. So um, I thought, oh look, I, I want to put two thousands in it because I had it E eighty five at the time, but it was struggling with the with the injectors that we were running. So I so thought, I'll put a I'll put a Platinum Sport two thousand in it. I'll upgrade the ECU, and um, I'll go out and I'll push it a little bit harder, and, and we'll see what we can do. I see if the car goes nine ninety, it'll be cool, right? Um, so. Being a Heltec um, distributor, I rang them up. said, "Oh, look, I want to upgrade." They like send us back the Sprint, and we'll take the money off on off a, off a Platinum Sport. You know, so I'm like, "Cool, guys were Yeah, because the guys the guys are unreal. I've had a really good relationship with Heltec, so that I, I can't fault them for that. So um, they gave me a good deal on the on the Platinum Sport. I started wiring it up. Now this is where it got interesting because as I was wiring it up, um, I was running some I went to individual coils, right? So I got rid of the factory DFI as well and I was running six coils and um, I was putting the coils up on the firewall where they still are till this day, right? And I had the plenum top off and I was running some self tappers to, to hold the mounts yeah. while I nutserted it, right? Anyway. Because it's a, it's not it's not a, a straight up and down, it's like a, a slight incline yeah. sort of firewall, yeah. it was pretty hard with the motor in there trying to get it. One self tapper fell down. All I right. thought. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. So I continued forth yeah. and done uh, it, put yeah. the whole thing together. And at the time, I put a GT42 on the car as well. So I'm like, I'll step it up to a 42 as well, right? Still standard engine. So I set the car up, got the car running with the individual coils, and then something went bang, right? And um, so I pulled the cylinder head off, and that self tapper had made it past the the valve yeah it had actually fallen into into the intake port made it past the valve and, and smashed the smashed the piston so i had this cool car <laughs> killer manifolds great ecu big 42 turbo and a dead engine i'm like oh no so you never got to use it i never got to i never got to push the standard l67 with a 42 because yeah. I, I i felt that car could have gone a you know At least a low nine, a high nine, easy, um, pushing it a little bit, you know. But then that's when the engine build started, and that's when we started getting serious. So you know, forged pistons, rods, done some head work, kept the same. They had the the car originally had a a supercharged camshaft in it, like an aftermarket one. So I've always left that supercharged cam, and that cam took me all the way to nine thirties, you know. So. So I pushed it and then built it and then you know found a couple of things along the way that needed fixing with the oiling system and shit like that. And that's it. We 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 got it to. I think I never ran it with a 42. With a built engine, I up upgraded to because I became a distributor for forced induction turbos, the Borg Warner's Jose stuff from America. So I thought I'll try one of theirs as as like a you know as a promotional thing for my own vehicle. I've got to put something on there, right? Yeah. Um, so I put one of their billet 76s on it, which was pretty much billet version of the 42. Everyone was buying GDXs at the time, yes, and they that were right. so expensive. So I thought, oh, you know, a billet 42 in a plane bush, personally, in my in my opinion, seemed pretty cool. So I thought I'll give it a crack. So um, yeah, we did, Um, I put that on there and then that's when, uh, you know, the 4L60 wasn't gonna hold up either. So I thought I'll build a power glide for it as well. And that's how it starts, you know, and then the ball just, you know, you just, and because like I said, I'm in the business and you know, you wanna make sure that the car is representative of what you can do and what you are you've got to make sure you're one step ahead, you know what I mean? Or you're doing the best that you can. Because I mean, at the end of the day, as a, as a business side of things, it's what looks good to it, you know? Um, so yeah, so I ended up going out with a built engine and a power glide and the car just, you know, just kept on feeding it boost and tuning it and playing with converters as well. That was a bit of, that was pretty interesting as well. But yeah, we, we managed to get the car to eventually, only recently go as low as 9.15. Um, so yeah, it had an eight in it, but (laughs) valve train wasn't up for it, but the, the engine we're putting into a Tirana, to a mate's, in a mate's LC Tirana. So the, it'll go quicker with less boost. But just touching back on your car now, it was pretty reliable in terms of the rear end, wasn't it? Rear end, it's actually funny. I never broke a drive shaft until a couple of weeks ago, I took the car to Heathcote and the track wasn't there. It was pretty, pretty sad day. Like there wasn't a lot of cars, there wasn't a lot of heat. And the car actually would viciously wheel spin.
1: Yeah, so it's tramped a bit.
0: It tramped a bit. Well, it, although it's got anti-tramp, it just it shook the tires yeah. quite hard. Um, and believe it or not, that's what killed it. That's what broke the the suspension. Uh, well, at least I actually snapped an axle. So I broke the CV and and the um, and the stub axle inside the diff yeah. at the same time.
1: Yeah, I remember back in the day, the rotary guys would say. 'll break you know you'll break the diff in an na rotary but not a turbo one because okay. a turbo one will just
0: yeah because it, it tramps so much harder. It'll just spin the tires. And, and, and it is it's quite vicious yeah and I was and it was it was funny because we we're talking a good mate of mine actually cruised for Dom lapino um and his and his Mustang the the radial Mustang and he goes they broke a 40 spline axle with the same thing just based off 40-spline. 40, wi- 40 spline axle yeah. never broken one but vicious wheel spin at a, at a, I can't remember which track it was, could have even been called that. Um, vicious wheel spin, snapped it. And if you think of the harmonics mm. that happen on a, on an aggressive wheel spin like that, like a tire shake like yeah. that, yeah, man, mean, I don't care. And the radial, the radial tires- Heavier.
1: Heavier and they don't- you They know, don't this, absorb they as don't much, soak, much.
0: soak up that. Correct. That energy like, yeah. the, like the slick does, yeah. So um, funnily enough, I've never broken a drive shaft. Now- I've left, I regularly leave at 5,500 RPM on the trans brake with anywhere from 13 to 22 pounds of boost. And I let go of that trans brake. And every time I let go, I'm like, it's going to break, it's going to break, it's going to break. And lo and behold, the car never broke a shaft on full power, um, never broke anything in the R-Send. It actually was reliable it actually was a reliable rear end because and we what don't did
1: you, did you have a spool in it or a- no nah, well
0: that's the thing i spent some time on the rear end like i was watching what the guys in the states were doing the g-force guys although they were stepping it up to, to nine inches i was still looking at what they were doing um i actually still had the same drive shafts in the car that I bought the car off that, – that I bought. That were in the car when I bought it. Yeah, okay. So still the standard V6 drive shafts have been in the car the whole time and it's had a hard time on the street and on the track and never once has it given me any grief. Um, but, yeah, we – you know, I put I put some solid bushing in it. I had a true track in it. Um, I had – you know, I'd done some tips and tricks with
1: the uh, – Because those earlier IRS Commodores, the wheels used to really – Cave in like a Datsun. Yeah,
0: you got to put the um the anti camber kit in yeah. it. Yeah, I think that look. If, even when I um, because I, I mounted some double adjustable shocks that I had lying around, with some coilovers, I just I, I, I took the coils off and I used just a shock. And I took it to the um, I took it to the wheel alignment shop down the road, and till this day, it's still got actual camber, but because it's got such a big tire, you don't see it. Do you know what I mean? All the lower profile tires you see. It. You do see it. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, big 275, you got such a big sidewalk. You don't see it. Do you know what I mean? You can't tell. Even when it launches, mine actually launches straight. Under launch, it, it actually straightens up a little bit. Um, so it actually has less less camber on the launch, which helps. But, yeah, it's um, that, that was a reliable re-rent. Like we are talking just before and i was saying how i'm stepping it up to to a falling but it's only just because you want to go quicker in the 60
1: so what are you doing to the car is that hush hush or no
0: look i've, I've, I've i'm happy to talk about it it's, it's at the end of the day like i said it's it's a promotional thing so the more I'm, the more i do i'm actually happy you, you're not going down the ls route no nah, there's no ls i won't put it, everyone asking me now oh, it's time for an ls time for an ls but i can't do it okay now no, you're gonna. Tell everyone now, you are, you are putting a Barra in it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After all this hate the Barra's have given me, yeah, I thought I... If you can't beat them, join them, yeah?
1: <laughs> Just trade one taxi engine for another. Yeah,
0: well, pretty much. That's pretty much. Well, I am doing that, but not a Barra, so... But no, we'll be putting a um, a different V6 in it. Uh, twin Cam something. VR, yeah. VR-38. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to find a taxi with a VR-38, firstly. <laughs> no, no, I'll put... I'm gonna try the Alloytec, I reckon. And give that a crack, you know. Um, same thing again. Do something different. Um, stand out from the crowd ever so slightly. Um, some will applaud. Some will shit can you? At the end of the day. So yeah. at the end of the day, I've done the math. It's a way better engine than the Ecotec ever was. And if you, you, I mean, basic maths tells you too. Yeah, it's physics, right? Or maths, whatever. It's whatever a car makes naturally aspirated you know that's a good foundation to, Absolutely. to start from, yes. right? Now, you look at a 2J. A 2J naturally aspirated, I think only makes about 150-odd kilowatts, aspirated, right, can make up to 2,000. So I'm not saying an Naloitex is going to make 2,000 horsepower, but we're already above and beyond a, 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 a 2J making 190 kilowatts out of a twin-cam V6 with, you know, VVT and 60-degree... And, yes. 60 degree, um, and they've,
1: they've got a good crank.
0: Forged steel crank, yeah. I mean, rods and pistons in them are, are garbage. They run oil squirters. Um, I actually done a, a Coyote engine for a customer um, in a FG. And we, we had a built engine come from the States and, you know, I had to change rocker covers and bits and pieces and i was having a look inside a coyote engine and mate they're identical to an allotech it's just a bigger version of an allotech. Yeah. i'm like oh you know they're the same they've got the same valve train rollers followers all that stuff overhead valve i'm like and a coyote is a good engine so i'm like all right maybe there's something there you know so let's let's see where that this can take us and again i'm the only one doing it pushing the envelope in that regard some will say yes. some will say no at the end of the are day,
1: many fast ones in
0: australia not in australia there actually there was a guy that was when i because i bought a i bought a vz ute in 2011 or somewhere there because um, i wanted to develop a turbo kit for the alloy techs and i had done that back then i bought a vz Ute and we made a basic turbo kit reversed factory cast headers and 3582 and the car went 12 or 1250 I can't remember on like 8 pounds of boost 10 pounds of boost was nothing in it um, and there was a guy back then that had a naturally aspirated alloy tech in a LJ Tirana had a big tyre on it had a 10 inch tyre on it it was gutted it weighed nothing but naturally aspirated had about 12 or 13 to 1 comp so it was a big yeah, okay. aspirated engine I don't know if you remember the car it was a gold Tory from Queensland the car went as quick as 1040 aspirated that's yeah, not bad. If you, if, you, if you think about it, yeah. naturally aspirated alloy tech going 1040 in a yeah, relatively light car. But, I mean, that's aspirated. Like, imagine if you can add boost and, you know, you start turning it up. So, I thought I might give it a try. You know what I mean? Um, again, you know, try to utilize what we have here. You know, parts are available because, you know, everyone wrecks chains in these things. and yeah. That's what everyone asks me. Oh, are you worried about the chains. Mate, the chains, I've always said it, the chains issues that these alloy techs have come down to one thing and one thing only, and that's servicing. 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 Mate. My ecotech, I change the oils every time I race it, right? That thing's got $160 oil in it pretty much every every couple of weeks because, yeah, the oil is good, but, mate, it's what keeps your engine alive. Why would you, why would you take that gamble? And... I mean, I'm not going to have a servicing issue with an alloy with an alloy tech that's going to be as high tech that's in my car. For, yeah. You know what I mean? So the chains aren't the issue. Servicing is the issue with those things. And a lot of people get fooled by that, you know? Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll try something different. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take some weight out of the car. Um, I'll fall link it, tub it.
1: What does it weigh at the moment? Have
0: you ever- um, It would have been around the 1800 kilo mark. Yeah. Um, it would have been quite heavy. Um, I never weighed it. I'm spewing I didn't because I'd like to see the difference. But going off, um you know, the the factory weight and stuff like that, you, you'd think that it'd be around 17 to 1,800 kilos. So it wasn't a featherweight by any stretch of the means. And it done well for what that engine Yeah. did. you know what I mean? Went it faster
1: f- than I thought it ever would. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. Actually, it surprised me. When it went 9.30, I'm like, oh, maybe we could run an eight with this thing and then obviously we stepped it up a little bit with turbo sizing and and camshaft which you know added a few extra actually i think actually added 100 kilowatts to it just by changing it same boost just camshaft and turbo design and yeah the thing thing woke up um and yeah it only ended up going nine one but it went nine one not doing a full way to B pass. Yeah. so to you know every every video that if you watch of the car you can hear where it shits the bed in the, in the rockers and the geometry and whatever else it was doing so yeah so it's a shame I would have loved to run that 8 but bigger and better things I guess yeah absolutely yeah so I mean I can't uh, look because I've sold the, the drive line I can't keep prolonging that that sale the guy wants to get the car ready I think he wants to maybe try do drag challenge um, but yeah he um, if he does that'll be cool so I'll set the car up for that and you know what being a lighter car I can put it to, you know, drop the turbo sizing because it can't actually fit too much of a bigger turbo in there. But you drop the turbo size down, put that thing on 30, 32 pounds. Pff, it'll live forever. It'll fly. Oh, but it'll live forever. Yeah, It won't have an issue, you know. Like mine lived forever on 36. It's only since I've gone from 36 to like 38, 39 that I've had in it over the last, you know, couple of months trying to push that eight that it's, you know, I've started finding certain weaknesses. No. Is that
1: something you'd do long-term? Have you ever thought about
0: doing drag challenge? Uh, once I finish the VT this time around? Yeah, once you've got absolutely. everything I'll, on Absolutely. I will it give it a go. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Once the car's a bit more reliable, um, you know. like I said, not, not that I know that the alloy tech is going to be any more reliable than the EcoTech was, but I'm assuming I'm not going to have valve train issue or push rods issues <laughs> with an overhead valve engine. But um, yeah, I'll give it a crack. I wouldn't mind. I mean, it's getting the popularity of it is, is increasing hitting. I think, think their entries was like double. Yeah, two hundred and forty cars. I, I did it last year. Yeah, you done it with um, um Jason, Jason from Tunnel Vision. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fantastic.
1: Yeah, really yeah. good week. Like I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, yeah. But it was. We were lucky. Like, we had a pretty good run. Like in terms of, you realise, you know, your day could, your, your week could be over on your first pass. Like, yeah, absolutely. If you, like, shoot an auto or something. Mm, yeah, exactly. But look, a lot of it is luck. But the one thing I say to people that they think the driving between events is the easy bit mm. like oh well my car no. runs an 8 no. um, and that's that's finer. I mean driving at events the easy bit and I'll be like hang on you, you might have a 36 3700 pound car mm. imagine how hot your trans is after mm. doing some runs now this event's at the end of the year mm. so you could be racing in 35 plus degree mm-hmm. heat Absolutely. so everything's cooking yep then you're going to put four dudes in the car, <laughs> a 600 kilo trailer, and you're going to drive 400 ks yeah. in 38 degree heat. Where do you where do you simulate that on the road? You can't. So most, pretty much all the cars that did well, if you look at the top ten, they're all cars that actually drive on the street a lot. Yeah. So every little bug, they yeah. know they've sort of ironed yeah. that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Most cars that really do know street driving, they all had problems from where I can see. Yeah, that's. I know yeah. that's a bit of a generalisation, but
0: no, but still, and you, you get a lot of cars that are that are rushed to be finished, to be finished yes. for the event yes. and without any data or any, yeah. you know, nutting out of these little inconsistencies or dramas. And the problem is they're finding out about them in the middle now of nowhere. Unfortunately,
1: you feel really bad for these guys because, yeah. I mean, they bust their ass Absolutely. getting this car ready yeah. and then something goes wrong. It's well,
0: that's why I sort of never attempted to do it with the VT as a, you know, IRS car. Yeah. Because I, 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 like I said, till this day, I'll let go of that trans brake and I'm like, is the thing going to hold? As much faith as I had in it, I still doubted it. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's where you start freaking out a bit, you know? It's just like, oh, I don't want to sit there. And my car does a heap of street driving. I mean, we do, yeah, we get out quite a bit and I even put the kids in the car and take it for a yeah. drive with it, you know? So the car as a street car, no problem. Um, would it, you know, would it do 400k's in that sort of degree with it? I don't want to find out. It's a full mm-hmm. cast iron engine. You know, once yeah. that thing heat soaks, <laughs> I don't want to. How you pull? How do you pull heat out of that thing? You know, so no, nah, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared to do it then. But with the car being a little bit more set up, plus my car was never tech inspected. You yeah. know, I never had the cage in it. I never had all the safety stuff that really I should have. Um, and because I was trying to achieve that whole streetcar theme with the car, I would never done all that. So it's always like. What are you going to do? You know, you, you go to the, the good tracks like Swan Hill and that, and you can't turn it up because you know you you're not allowed to. Yeah. So I'll do the car properly. I'll do the car so that it's tech inspected and you know, or everything's done right. Um, have a little bit more faith in the car. Hopefully the engine is a little bit more reliable. Not that the EcoTech wasn't, but you know, no issues in between passes. I'll, you know, I look at the LS guys that go back to back, and even the Barra guys they go back to back with no dramas and i'm like oh, i don't envy that you know <laughs> ever since i've been having these these push rod issues over the last couple of weeks i'm like oh, i wish this thing would just do rounds you know no problem but um no nah, you know you put an overhead valve engine should be better as long as it doesn't break chains but um yeah look we'll see what it does oh you'll soon find out we'll soon find you. out and that's that's what i want to do i think because you know i'm in a position where i can do you know what i mean because i know the engines well and you know, I run the shop, and you know, I've got the parts availability at you know good pricing, sort of thing. You can you can go that extra level and do something different, you know. But for a guy in his shed, um, which you know, which doesn't want to, hasn't got that that ability, yeah. and wants to do stuff on his own, and pretty much only has the ability to get stuff out of a parts catalog, yeah, they're not going to take that risk. They're not going to go to that level. Some guys might. Yeah. Some guys might try say, Oh, you know what, well, let's see what I've got this car and, and if you're
1: doing something a bit exotic, if you can't do it yourself even if you're paying you know, top dollar to get it done, mm. it's time. Absolutely. Yeah. Because let's face it, if you could do it if you could do it yourself like mm. you can, mm. you can work
0: on it whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a thing. And I do, you know, like I'll I'll stay back tonight and I'll do some work on the car or you know we'll, we'll, we'll test some stuff and we'll play with some stuff i mean i've done it with the ecotech you know i tried to i tried to do some oiling stuff with it and i found out the hard way you know i found out that it's not going to work you know you chew up a couple of bearings and it's like yeah. all right pull the motor out again strip it down let's fix it and let's avoid going down that path let's try a different path you know um and that's what we've done at the end you know that that ecotech had a couple of rebuilds until we got it right and then You know, everyone still says, oh, you know, how many cranks have you snapped making that sort of power? I was just like, still got a stock cast crank in it. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, because we'd done it right. And the only time I replaced the crank was the last time I had the engine out. I only replaced the crankshaft because it ended up doing a main bearing based off oil starvation, which the thing was copying after a full run. That
1: crank's also done a lot of work.
0: Absolutely. So
1: you think just as a precaution...
0: Well, regardless, it had chewed out the bearings anyway. So I'm like, but you have a look at the big ends on it. There was no marks on it. The thing was spot. The thing was spotless. Like if you you could give the mains a grind and put it back in, you know. Um, but I just banged another fifty dollar crank back in it, and you know the car's been <laughs> going low nines. I think I've counted about over the last two months. It's done ten passes under nine forty. Can you buy cams?
1: or... You know, uh, race sort of cam camshafts. I don't mean a street camshaft, but for alloy techs, it, do you have nah, to get things look. They,
0: they 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 do sell cams for them. There's only like one or two profiles. They are quite tame. They are very street orientated. So I'm I'm sort of looking out for the guys that can grind me something a bit more wild, um, and that's what I'll be I'll be playing with. Um, they are VVT as well too. Yeah. So and I'm I'm looking at retaining the VVT. So as a street car, you can utilize that, you know. Um, it's like the 2J guys. It, you know, if, if you're even the thing, if it's, a, if it's a race car, you don't need it because the thing's not gonna be in the VVT range, <laughs> right? But being a street car, I wanna, I wanna retain the VVT and see where that takes us um, yeah. for the moment, if it works, because I'll be running the HellTech on it. So if the if HellTech, which you can control it, does a good job of doing it, then, you know, we'll, we'll push it and see where it goes. But um, yeah, it'd be, it's gonna be interesting because it's not your run of the mill and I don't have that availability of knowledge and parts and wisdom, I guess, that's out there. So I'll find things out the hard way. But at the end of the day, that's um, that's what I've done. I've been doing all along, you know. The EcoTech was the same and, you know, we're always pushing certain things a bit differently. But you have to, you got to. You got to evolve in. I mean, that's always been my argument anyway. I'm not one to follow the, the path of of the uh, of the population so of the popularity so yeah we'll see where we go I hope everyone enjoyed episode one <laughs> yeah yeah. I think we'll wrap it up there yeah I think so I think that's but, that's, that's
1: heaps it. next episode we'll probably get a guest on I think
0: I think so who do you reckon do you want to ask around or you want me to ask around
1: I could um, fill someone I could up. get ten people in, in, in you know one day but um,
0: see who's available we'll see who's available see who's available yeah so we'll try to get someone in if they're available and if they're able to come through, then we'll go from there. All right. Done. All right. See you, guys. Cheers. See you, Luigi.